Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wattrell, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. And if you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Right. Um, this week we saw the return of league action and we saw Leeds United claim an impressive 3 0 victory as they brushed aside Cardiff City. Bradford City had to settle for a point in their one all draw with Colchester United. Harrogate Town inched closer to the playoffs, uh, playoff spots with a 2 0 victory over Forest Green Rovers. Sheffield Wednesday fell to an unfortunate 4 0 defeat at the hands of Southampton and Middlesbrough moved to within a point of the playoff positions with an important 3-1 victory over Millwall. But this week we start with Barnsley, who followed up their 2-1 victory over Bristol Rovers with a 2-1 victory over Carlisle. Um, what did you make of their performance, and how could we see the the, the team go into their game against Stevenage, Stuart? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark. Well, their, their performance wasn't great, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, they were... Very shaky in the first fifteen minutes. Couple of uh, couple of defensive errors. Um, went one nil down to Carlisle United. Could easily have gone four nil down to be frank. Frank um, Butterworth uh, hit the woodwork with a diamond header. Missed a couple of good chances. But the fact of the matter remains. You look in the paper the next morning. They won. They got the job done. They showed good character. Um, they made some substitutions, which which made uh, uh, an important impact. Uh, and they got themselves uh, a 2-1 win. And really, you know, at, at, at this stage of the season, I mean, probably in all fairness, at any stage of the season, but particularly this time of year, it, when, you're, when you're chasing promotion, it's just about grinding those results out. And you're not going to play well in every game. But if you're getting the job done regardless, that's what it's all about, frankly. Uh, and now they've got two, two big away games coming against Stevenage and Oxford. You know, I think, I think it's fair to say our... our biggest question mark against Barnsley is is how they perform against the teams around them. Uh, Stevenage and Oxford obviously fall into that category. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform. But they they can take a lot from Tuesday because, as I say, whilst they didn't play well, they showed exactly the sort of character uh, that you need in this situation. So, you know, despite, despite that pretty big caveat, um, I think it was actually a good night for them. Yeah, they they seem to be making sort of hay while the while the sun's shining, don't they? Really, it, it was it was funny. I, I did the I did the game at the end end of um, I think what was it? I was end of end of November against Wickham, and uh, I was just sort of debating the other day that you know a big moment at the end of the game where obviously the error from the Wickham um, goalkeeper and Sam Cosgrove scored deep in stoppage time. It, it just seems to be that. Barnsley's fortunes, that little bit of um, luck with that, probably the strangest goal of the season so far. Things have sort of turned, haven't they, for them after that? And, um, you know, they've had one or two one or two players uh, coming coming back. And I think Stuart's right to say that 
you know, in terms of the squad, they've got not too many injuries at, at the minute. That um, that st- strength in depth it is serving them well. I think particularly at, at wing back as well, where obviously they brought was it Nicky Cadden they brought him on um, uh, the other day and um, and Barry Well, I think in those positions, uh, especially and probably up, up front as well, it, you know, it, when you're you sort of well stocked at this time of year that can really make a difference and obviously up front we've got the likes of um of Cosgrove and um young Jarlo and, and and Max Waters. So he can you know, if things aren't going well, um he, Collins doesn't have to doesn't need to panic and he can he's got some options there to to change things. And yeah, they they're doing what you know a lot of successful teams, you know, you have to do at this time of year. They're grinding it out a bit. It will be interesting, as Stuart said, to see how the fair in those uh, those away games, I think they've got old a little bit further down the line as well. And um, I mean, it was roughly about this time last year when I think people were sort of, uh, you know, looking at how well Barsley had done, but saying a bit of a caveat saying, well, look, they've got all these games to come. They're quite a lot of home games, in the, you know, against the likes of, you know, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth. And they came out on the right side in, in that regard. So in a, in a similar sort of way, um, that's going to be the, um, the aim this year, you know, hopefully get to the end of the of this window and um, and have all the the sort of star turns intact. I mean, at, at the minute, obviously Herbie Kane, he was the uh, wasn't he the player of the month, wasn't he for for December? He stepped up the up to the plate, and you know the main one, Devante Cole, is is equal last year's goals tally of of sixteen. You know, there's there's few better form strikers in the division, but obviously if um, Rumours are, are to be believed. There's some second-tier cl- you know, clubs who might have a nibble. Um, Liam Messina actually sort of poo-pooed the talk a little bit with with Hull linked, and from what I can gather, there's no interest for Buddersfield Town either. They're another club that have been linked, but uh, I know in the past there's been other ones at the end of the of the summer win- window who've um, had a little nibble. So you, you just hope for Barnsley's sake they can you know keep hold of. Hold of uh, Cole and obviously Kane as well. I mean, there's, there's further down the line, I think there will be issues. Cole's out of contract in the summer. He's rejected as it stands, fresh um, terms. Kane as well, Jordan Williams. But, you know, at, at the time being, with what Barnsley have got, they've got quite a lot, haven't they? They've got, um, you know, the starting lineup, one of the best in, in League One and, uh, and the squad as well. So they've just got to, they've got to try and carry on. A, of making hay while the sun sun shines, and the Stuart said it doesn't really matter how how you sort of perform at this this time of year. It's just finding a way to get through um, to set you through for the uh, for the run on in the final couple of months. But uh, yeah, they're in a they're in a very handy position. Yeah, I, I think that squad depth, in fairness, extends to probably all all the outfield positions. I mean, um, in terms of holding midfield, they had they had uh, John Russell playing there on. Uh, on the Saturday against Bristol Rovers, in the midweek they started with uh, Luca Canella, who did, he didn't have the had the best of games. He was just back from injury, so they took him off at half time. Put Harry Kane at uh, Herbie Kane there, sorry, and uh, and he was outstanding. You know, so that shows you that. And then at the back, uh, they've had Jack Shepard start the last couple of games with you know people like Jamie McCart out injured. Jordan Williams, who we sort of think of more as a, a wing back, was excellent as on the right hand side of a back three. 
you know, gives them that bit more ball carrying out of defence in the way that, you know, Liam Kitchen used to uh, when he was there. And when you think that they've got Donovan Pines building up his, his fitness after after signing from uh, coming from the United States and you've got Casper uh, Lapata coming back, there's there's lots of options in lots of positions, and I think I think the key thing for Barnsley, you know, we know the reality of of life in Barnsley. We know that they 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 will sell players from time to time. They can't, you know, they have to they have to trade a bit. But I think it's important that uh, they come out of this window with that with that same depth, whether that be by fingers crossed, you know, keeping the likes of uh, of Devante Cole and Herbie Kane. But if not, then certainly replacing them. Uh, with 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 players of a similar ilk, and I think I think if they come out of the window, I say with it with a you know a similar looking squad in terms of that that depth and options, I think they'll be in uh, in in really good shape for the uh, for the you know the 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 playoff race to come. So fingers crossed. I say however that comes about, that is what happens. I mean to be fair, than last this time last um, last year in January, they were in a similar disposition, weren't they? They were obviously mm. they were ongoing speculation. I think there always has been, hasn't there, about Barnsley's leading players. You know, this time last year, obviously people like, you know, Mads Anderson and Liam Kitchen, you know, outstanding players at, at League One level. I mean, they did get the moves in the summer, but, you know, importantly, Barnsley did manage to keep keep hold of the family silver in in uh, January and, you know, and, the, and they were perilously close to to promotion, weren't they, really? You know, they, they could, have, could have easily gone, you know, the other way at... Uh, at uh, Wembley, so yeah, I mean, if Barnsley do repeat that and they keep hold of the keep hold of the um, sort of leading leading lights, maybe one or two little additions here, here and there, I think they've got a pretty good chance. And I think what does stand them in particularly good stead is that um, you know with no disrespect disrespect to League One this year, but it's 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 not as strong as it it has been certainly last year and probably venture the year before as well. And uh, I think in Plymouth. Um, miss out with with eighty points in the on the final day of the season in, in the year that um, Rotherham went up on the last day. The last two um, seasons have been have been stronger for me, so you know that that um, it gives extra opportunities. I think for Barnsley, there's no there's no real standout team in the minute. You look at Portsmouth they're having a bit of a a bit of a wobble, and um, you know I think most of the teams up there have had bumps in the road. So uh, yeah, it's um, if things continue as they are and they manage to keep everything together, Barnsley have got a chance. And uh, next we turn our attention to Doncaster Rovers, who followed up their 1-0 defeat against Newport County with a 4-2 victory on penalties when they clashed with Wigan Athletic in the EFL Trophy. Now, Donny still can't afford to slow down with how close they are to the drop zone, but what does Grant McCann need to do to gain some consistency from his men, Leon? Well, I mean, Stuart's seen a little bit more of, of Donny than me this season. I, I would, I would probably say, I, I think the main thing for me with them is just to try and get a. I mean, it's easier said than done, really, because they've had all manner of, of injury problems. Somehow, get a get a settled back line for me. They, I mean, again on even on Tuesday night, you know, fair play, they got me in in the end. Played well in the second half after going behind. Then the one on penalties, you know, they conceded another goal uh, from across. And you know a good goal from Wigan's perspective, but a poor one from from Rovers, and it just seems to be that they've conceded so many of those goals this season. Crosses, crosses coming in, whether you know the defenders not taking responsibility or switching off 
you know, bread and butter goals. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a real issue over the, probably the last few years of, of Doncaster getting that defensive order and consistency. And um, that looks to be the, uh, the main thing for me. They haven't had much luck with, they brought in Richard Wood and he was going to be the, you know, that defensive organiser, enforceable. It's obviously been laid low for a lot of the season with, with, with a calf injury. So that's, that's unfortunate, and they've had a lot of disruption. I think sort of elsewhere. I just hope they can have that little bit of luck, and then somehow just get get some more sort of defensive uh, resolution. Because you know, up front they've got a reliable target man and goal scorer in in Joe Ironside. But it's a little bit unfortunate what what happened with with Mo Farr getting recalled from West Brom and then going, you know, straight back out to a uh, Walsall. They could have. Um, done without that but um, yeah and I think in midfield they've got some you know obviously one or two injuries with the likes of, of, of Westbrook but they've, you know, they've got some decent ball players at that level in the you know, closers and um, and Tommy Rowe it's just at the back where I, I sort of have uh, have the worries for them but I was just, just pleasing to see them keep their I, you know, I don't think it's, it's stretching it too far to say that it, you know the EFL trophies you know Keeping the, the sort of fires burning, if you like, season. You know they're, uh, they're closer to the uh, relegation positions than the, uh, the the playoffs, and you know the first port of call. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of the league, will be at the minute. It's just getting getting enough points to stay out out of trouble. I think I think they will do that. They're going to have to be a little bit conscious of it, but you know, barring a, a you know a major catastrophe, they, sh- they should be okay and they should have enough. But you know, it's just pleasing that they've got another competition, something else to aim at. They're, um, what is it now? They've booked a, I think a quarter-final against against Bradford, and it's two wins from um, from Wembley, isn't it? And I think both for both Bradford and and Doncaster, it's it's quite a big um, competition. So I was I was pleased in that regard. They've had some tough times in January in the last few years, but they've got something uh, something to go at still. Yeah, I, th- I think they they need two two things more than anything: uh, stability, not not just at the back, but just throughout the club and uh, and throughout the squad. I mean, they made they made a lot of signings in, in August. They're going to have to, you know, they've already made three uh, in January, and by all, by all accounts, all three debutants played played well at the weekend. So that that's a good sign. But they're probably going to have to make more because, of, as Leon says, Mofar being recalled and a lot of injuries. But once that window is closed, they really need to to hit on a. A stable formula, say not just in, de- in defence, in terms of those those players on it, they ne- they need to look that, that they have outlined so that they don't have the injuries that that stop that happening. And I say they they just need to they just need a bit of a settled period uh, for for Grant McCann and Cliff Byrne to work on the training ground on the on the things that they need to work on because I think if you ask most Doncaster fans, I think they've got a lot of faith in those two yeah. to to do the necessary if if. Exactly, if the circumstances are right, and then and then the other thing is, I think they just need smiles on faces. You know, I, I think the fact that they are, Wembley is now in in sight that's a that's a great thing for supporters for and let's be honest for players to look forward to. They, they want to go to Wembley as much as the fans. Um, so they need they need to they need they need to be enjoying the football. They need uh, they need the whole place to be a. A, a happier and less tense place. Obviously, that relies on the on the football. But if they can if, if they can get those things two things together, that gives them a real platform. Uh, a a to 
you know, attack, attack the EFL trophy and hopefully put some silverware in the cabinet, but be sort of just build on for next season because, it, you know, we've said many times on this podcast, it's been such a downward curve for the now they they need they need to bottom out. They need to get some stability before they can before they can start building again. And I really hope, I say that that they that luck plays its part in terms of, in terms of the injuries. If they, you know, if they make if they make bad signings, if they make bad choices, if they don't pick the right team, then then that's their fault. But at least if they have some more fortune with with luck, it's within their hands to turn things around. I really hope that happens. Yeah. I think the encouraging thing, thing to me, Stuart, is that you, you see it a lot now, and I, I do think social media has got something to do with it. You know, as soon as clubs hit a bad run, you know, the manager's mm. the worst in the world, get him out, and then, you know, they can turn around and have a good run, and it, it totally flips around, the, and they're a, a bit of a genius. And I do have issues in that, in the in the round, but I, I'm just been heartened a little bit by, you know, what's been happening at, at Doncaster. You know, they're a, they're a reasonably big club for... Um, you know, League Two level, and you know, you look at the recent history, and you know, ten, you know, a decade or so ago, they were, you know, breaking bread towards the playoffs, you know, at the championship, and you know, playing, um, playing in front of you know five-figure gates, and you know, the sets of some sets of balls in, in those circumstances were, you know, obviously at the wrong end of, of League Two, you know, feeling sorry for themselves, calling for the manager's head, but there just there just seems to be. An intelligence and a bit of patience, patience there, to, to sort of realise. Look, we've got. Are we going to get a better manager than than Grant McCann? And you know, and they come to the realise realisation of the answer that no, that no, let's let's stick with him. And everybody knows it's been a it's been a difficult se- um, season. There was a big turnaround in the squad last last summer. They've had a hell of a lot of injuries and um, haven't had any any luck in, in that regard. But uh, you know, the fans are. Seem to be, um, you know, keeping faith with with McCann, and he's, he's a proud guy. I'm sure he'll be hurting a, a bit inside, but you know, he's a driven character. Hopefully, he can channel the hurt, and um, you know, get a little bit of um, positivity in the final sort of third of the season, and then hopefully go again next season. So, I have I have been heartened by by the sort of sentiments of, of the supporters in wanting to. Uh, uh, he wanted to, to stick with him, and you sort of, you know, Stuart's talking about that that sort of stability, and you know, keeping somebody like like McCann, you know, that hopefully will provide that. Because amongst other things, Doncaster have had too many managers, and they've gone through um, quite a few at, the, at a rate of knots in in recent seasons. So I just hope for all concerned that they, they can, you know, hopefully steady the ship. They might have a good, you know, a good run in this cup competition, and. Um, you know, some sort of seeds for growth for, for next season. That's what it's uh, all all about for me. Yeah, yeah, they deserve some cause for optimism, as you say. Those supporters who have really stood by, yeah. um, Helen Burns. So, you know, much as is the, there's reasons to hope Bradford do well as well, it it would be nice to yeah. see Doncaster rewarded with a you know a really positive second half of the season, whatever that brings. And uh, next, we turn to Hull City, who seem to have found themselves in a bit of a dip in terms of results recently, with the Tigers having claimed just one win from their last five games. Now, I saw in your article that Liam Rossini called for patience and that Louis Coyle has basically called for better concentration. But what what do you make of their recent form and how do you think they can turn things around, Stuart? Yeah, I mean, 
bit of a dip. It's an understatement, to be honest with you, Mark. Um, seven, seven defeats in their last 11 games. Liam Rossini has been very, you know, very much of the mindset, you know, the sort of thing that, that Leon and I will often talk about, you know, don't, don't panic, have, have faith in the, in the things he's doing. And, and I firmly believe that Liam Rossini is, is, a, is a really good manager and can get Hull City through this. But, you know, patience alone is not going to cut it now. You know, one or two bad results, you can point to the fact that we, we played better than the opposition. We talked about this quite a bit with Leeds United early last season. But when it when it becomes a sequence of seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games, you have to start looking a bit deeper. And I do think they've played well in a lot of those games. I haven't seen all of them, but I've, I've seen a few of them. Um, but the fact that they're making these elementary errors at the back, the fact that they're not ruthless enough up front, that, that needs addressing. It's, it can't simply be a case of sit tight and, and things things will fall into place. So then, you know, there needs to be some harsh words exchange, I would say, at the training ground. And I'm sure, you know, we, we all know managers say one thing in public and, and, and one thing behind the scenes. I'm sure those conversations are being had. And as I say, I, I, I firmly believe that Liam Rossini will go on to be a, a, a really top manager. But, you know, every manager has to come through their test and, you know, in most cases many tests and this just felt just feels like you know a, a big test for him the, re, the resources are there in terms of the transfer market backing he's getting you know i believe the players are there because they you know they didn't get into playoff contender by accident and you know the form of other teams means that despite this run they are still in the picture so it, it's by it's by no means disaster uh situation at, at all but you know they, they they can't afford to be complacent about it. They they do have to really just just sharpen up on these on these key areas. You know, it it might need a just a, a defensive leader to be signed to just bring that extra concentration that Louis Coyle was talking about. I mean, Coyle himself is is a leader. Don't get me wrong, but you can never have too many of them. And you know, Billy Sharp would seem to be you know, the ideal man to bring into a team that, that's that's not finishing off its, its chances. But, uh, you know, when I, when I saw them the other day, um, as, as, big a, as big a concern was that they weren't creating as many chances as, as they ought to for for the, you know, the possession they had. And with, you know, Scott Scott Twine having left, uh, Liam Delap having uh, been out for two to three months, obviously Jane Philogene's out at the moment, I think that is an area of the field that that creativity that they uh, that they are working hard to address. You know, we've uh, we've heard names like Mamo Benson at Burnley being uh, being strongly linked. I, I do believe they'll that they'll bring someone in. So it's it then boils down to they have they have to make the right choice. But as I say, you know, everything that Leon's just said about Grant McCann, I think the same applies to Liam Senior. They've got a good manager there. They've got to they've got to hold the nerve. Uh, and and address things, but I say it, it is getting to the stage where it can't simply be brushed off as bad luck. Yeah, I mean they've got issues at, at, at sort of both ends of the pitch at, at the minute, haven't they? Which is yeah. you know never never ideal. They you know they seem to be conceding too many goals, um, certainly away from home, and um, you know it, it's just yeah, it's bad. none of the success is making the right decisions in, in both boxes, isn't it? Really, and um, you know they're. They're getting punished at, at, at the minute. You know, you look at a lot of the teams in the mix for probably the final two 
you know, playoff spots in the championship, and uh, they've all they've all had to sort of contend with, you know, bumps in the road, periods where, you know, things haven't, you know, haven't gone that well. You know, you look at you know Sunderland, Middlesbrough, for example, you know, a few others as well. Bristol City's Watford's of, of this world. I mean, it, it could be that the teams that sort of sort of cope with the bad spells best and, and get out of them, they could, potentially could be the ones rewarded at the at the end, end of the, um, the season. I think, I mean, I've, I've seen bits and, and bats of Hull that I think the big, obviously, Philly Jean's, a, you know, he, he is a, a match with him and a class player on his day, but I, I really think that they're, they're going to miss um, um, uh, Liam Dillard. I mean, he's, you know, he offers, he chips in with goals, but he's, He's such a willing runner, he, you know. He, he he's such a selfless worker. There's so much, so much for the team. He can he can move out wide as well. I think that's a huge miss for for Hull personally. And uh, obviously they brought brought in um, uh, Billy Sharp, a welcome uh, forward acquisition. I just wonder if they um, if they try and bring somebody else in up top as well. I mean, in that in that sort of role that that Dilap played on the four two three one, you know. He, Say leads the line, competes with defenders, chips in with goals. He's been for me. He's been massive in what Hull of um, so you know, all the good good aspects of Hull in the opening half of the season. I mean, it looks like he's not going to be back um, uh, until in, in you know well into the into the spring. So um, yeah, I, I think they you know if I was you know in the corridors of power at Hull, I'd be looking looking to bring someone in to sort of hopefully. Hopefully cover that, but yeah, it's a test for a senior. It's yeah, you know, it's a good test, isn't it? As well, I mean, he, mm. uh, he got some plaudits last last season, and uh, you know, it's gone pretty pretty well since. Obviously, got um, you know cons- um, concerns in, in the up of the new year, and uh, you know, that's management, that's championship life. But uh, you know, he's a he's a good operator, and hopefully, he can he can get through. But I, I do think they'll have a decision to make uh, in terms of bringing someone into. To step in for Deluxe, I think he's he's a massive player for Hull. And, you know, you look at Alan Connolly as well. He's had some injury issues and he's out at the minute as well. So, yeah, from a Hull perspective, I'd hope they can help bring somebody um, in in that regard. Obviously, missing a couple of lads on the African Cup of Nations as well at the minute. I mean, the thing about Delap is that I genuinely don't think you can buy a player that good in the Championship. I think I think you know not only are they are they out of your price range, but actually persuading a player to move permanently to the championship of that of that caliber is so difficult. I mean, you know, Jane Philogene was 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 a bit of a, a a coup to be able to to sign him. So I suppose that gives some optimism. But I, I feel like the laps even at even another another level up, and you know, the, the clubs that have young players of that quality just aren't prepared to sell them only loan them out so you really need to be able to use your contacts well and and the good thing about Rossini is he just seems to have a reputation in Premier League circles as a as a good player to set uh, sorry a good coach and a good club to send your players to because they'll play football the right way they'll be coached the right way and all that sort of thing so that that's in in Hull's favour I was I was a bit disappointed with him in midweek to be honest um about the fact that they made 11 changes for the FA Cup tie. You know, we get this a lot with, with clubs. It's by no means a whole issue. But I just think when you're in the sort of form you're in, I said they're, they're only a point outside the playoffs, but it's it's that sequence of results. You you just you just need to get a win and not worry too much about, oh, we've got a game in, in 
three or four days time or, or whatever it is so i was a, i was a bit disappointed to see him make so many changes for that fa cup replay i think yeah i think right. you know I, I think i think a win of any nature would have done more good than the harm of 90 minutes or even 120 minutes in, in their legs getting it would have done so that 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 disappointed me but as as i say the big picture is you know for all that they are in this bad run they are only a point out outside the playoffs um and as i say i, I think that i think the whole supporters do believe in in the in the direction that that club's going in and uh things things can certainly be set right there yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, they've got, they have got a, a bit of a break, haven't they? They've obviously got a huge game against Sunderland, but you sort of look at the the sort of games after and, you know, with respect, they'll be hoping to get points. I mean, they've, they've obviously got um, a couple of home games, Millwall and Swansea, and they go to uh, Rotherham and uh, Huddersfield. So uh, what I would say is I think if Hull don't get a, a half-decent amount of points um, from those games with respect, I, I would start to sort of be a little bit concerned. <laughs> And uh, Rotherham United is our next stop, who have only claimed one win from five games and find themselves eight points adrift at the foot of the table. Now, with a game against promotion-chasing Middlesbrough next on the cards, um, what do the Millers have to do to try and close that gap between themselves and safety, Leon? Well, I think at the minute their their only real port of call is just to keep um, chipping away, really. That's... um... You know, I, I made a point in my um, match report at the um, on the other day that lost at, at home to uh, Stoke. I, I don't know what Stuart thinks, but at, at, at the minute I look at Rotherham and they don't. The only way you can sort of see them winning is just by nicking nicking a win, mm. if you want. Yeah. Which, which is obviously obviously it's a it's an important skill to um to have for a side who are fighting for their lives, and you, you take you, you take a win any any which way it comes and. Um, but you know, you sort of look at um, some of the wins that the Sheffield Wednesday have had, for instance. But I sort of look at um, Rotherham and to a, a little bit of a lesser extent, Huddersfield. And at the minute, they just need to have so much to sort of go right for them. The opposition to to have a have an off day, and and hopefully Rotherham can can sort of um, pilfer something if, if you like. It you know it happened. Uh, to be fair, it happened against Middlesbrough on on Boxing Day, but. Uh, I, yeah, you know, he, he's come in, Liam uh, Richardson, he, and you can understand that he's he's looked at it and thought, let's make Rotherham harder to beat, as um, as, as a sort of p- first part of his brief. And you know, I think he's he, he's done that in the main. They had a decent Christmas to beat Borough. They got a draw against Sunderland, um, draw at Blackburn as well. And um, you know, it was a it was a pretty much a game of fine margins against Stoke. And um, Stoke weren't they? They sort of Control aspects of the game, but you know it wasn't free flowing and um, chances here then everywhere. They won the game with a, with a very good um, free kick in the end. But my sort of fear for Rotherham is they don't have you know enough players to sort of you know change change the narrative sort of going forward and, and match winners. That's um, that's my concern. They didn't really lay a glove on on Stoke, and I, I thought they were you know, at the back. They were a side that you you could have. You could have got at, so that was that was disappointing and um, and a bit worrying. And you know, he'll be. I think the issue in the market as well for, for Richardson is that that type of player that Rotherham need. You know, that that player who can 
who can make a difference at, at championship level and come in and um, you know provide the assists and the goals. Uh, you know they don't um, come cheap and they're difficult to get at this at this um, time of year. And there's a lot of and there's probably a lot of clubs chasing them as well. So, but they're gonna have to, I think they're gonna have to come up with with something between now and the um, and the end of the window. To, you know they're in a they're on the fit the injuries haven't helped them this season. And you look at the the games that are coming up. They've got some. I suppose they're all, you know, in some respects, tough games for for Rotherham. But they look, the run that they're sort of about to embark on looks looks really tough. They've got to play Borough. They've got a Southampton, Leeds, Hull, Watford, Ipswich. You know, some teams with varying levels of, of promotion aspirations there. And uh, uh, yeah, they just got to try and try and stay in the fight. But you know, my, my worry is, I just, you know, how how they're going to get, you know knows about their, their away form how they're just going to get those those wins to keep in touch and as much as we, we speak about the, the you know the the New York Stadium you know getting the points there and this that and the other they've only won three games there this season but uh, yeah you just hope that from Rotherham's perspective they can um, give themselves uh, some hope you know after those tough games they've got one or two teams around them after that End of February, start of um, first half of March. I'm not quite sure the order, but I know they've got to play Q- QPR Wednesday and Huddersfield. I think um, looking at it, they've just got to try and do enough in this next block of games to, to be in touch um, for those games against teams around them. But it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hard to beat is good, but it doesn't cut it when you're eight points adrift, yeah, does it? You know, yeah. I, you look at the games coming up, Middlesbrough, they obviously, you know, got that 1-0 over Christmas. Southampton, Leeds, Hull, Watford, Ipswich, these are all the next yeah. games. They're all the sort of games where you could see rather than, well, certainly the home the home ones, uh, digging in and, and, and getting a real backs-to-the-wall point from, you know, yeah. quite a few of those games. But backs-to-the-wall points just aren't enough. I mean, it really rammed it home for me when I read Leon's match report and he just spelled it out there. Three wins this season. Yeah. Three wins this, you know, that three wins in half a season. That that doesn't get you out of relegation trouble, I'm afraid. Um, you know, and the, the, the spirit there is great. You know, they they are they are having to consistently punch above their weight. That that's the reality of where they are. But they just they just need something extra. And as Leon says, it's hard to see where they're they're going to get it. I mean, you know, they gambled last year to bring in, in someone with that, that bit of Genesis Quan. We saw what Queen managed to do in flashes at, at Barnsley before, but um yeah. you know, it just it just didn't work and, and, and most of the players they they signed in that, that that situation, you know, there's gonna be that massive gamble element to it. For them to be, uh, for them to be within Rotherham's uh, Rotherham's price budget. I mean, they, they sort of try and. Um, to be fair, um, to Richardson, he's tried. He's tried with two up front. He's mm. uh, um, Nombe and uh, Jordan Hugo. You know, they're both up top against Stowe, but they just, you know, they were struggling to, uh, you know, game players, but struggling, struggling to make, make an impression. And you know, the other players just, you know, that that thing, that element of doing things. Off the club, off that bit of that bit of devilment, that bit of poise, it's just sort of you know lacking in that in that uh, aspect. And I think I put as well, you know, there's 59 shots they've had on target all season. And I sort of had a little bit of a, 
and the, the next one took lowest to that. I think it was I think it was something like eighty, eighty one. You know, so they've you know, look at it in bare statistics, you know, that's twenty twenty one shots that they've had less than any of the, the, the rivals um this season. You know, that's a you know, on target shots, that's that's a fair number. So, you know, the statistics aren't looking particularly great for Rotherham, but you know, they 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 do have those qualities that we that we admire and, and associate with them over the years. That you know, that that organisation, that, that togetherness, and that resolve. They've got plenty of those sorts of players. They've got proud players, you know, who've, who've um, been around the block and are good professionals. You know, the Lee Peltiers of this world. You know, Sean Morrison's. They've got the sort of nous and sort of um, leadership experience. It's just. It's just that next bridge, that next step. Those, those real sort of quality players and enough maximum winners to to make the difference. Yeah, and, and, and let's be straight. You know, certainly at home, we're we're not talking about players underperforming here, like we are in some of the other clubs. We're we're talking about players giving their all, and we're not talking about you know eleven donkeys every week either. You know, they've got they've got players like you know Rathbone and and Carfu who can who can you know produce those those little moments. But in the whole picture when you look at things it just doesn't look like there's enough there. And it's a no. real challenge for them to put that right in January on the budget they're working on. You know, we don't want them to to spend themselves into oblivion trying trying to sort it out and they won't anyway, regardless of what what, what we want. So it it it's difficult to see them coming out of the transfer window with a squad that has enough quality to to make up to make up the gap. I really hope they do, obviously. Um but uh right now it looks like a real uphill struggle for them and for Liam Richardson to, to sort this out. Yeah. They're gonna need a bonus, a bonus ball, aren't they? I think in the next. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, they've got they've got them against things went from against um, Borough on Boxing Day. Um, mm. You know, you take it, don't you? Got, I think they're gonna need, uh, you know, another one if not a couple of those. You know, you sort of mind goes back to Huddersfield um, last last season on the war, aren't they? Were in a bit of a grim position, and uh, did they, did they go to Millwall? Nobody expected them to win there, and then they went to, went to Watford. Uh, rather are in, are in desperate need of a, of a couple of those from somewhere. And Huddersfield Town is where our, uh, our attention turns to now, who, due to claiming just one win from the last five games, find themselves just four points clear of the relegation places. Now, I saw another one of your articles, uh, Stuart, in which you said that the Darren Moore and Huddersfield Town connection is like a marriage that is still in need of a spark. Now, where do you think that spark could come from? And can we expect to see much change uh, to the squad during the rest of the transfer window? Well, I'd be interested to, to hear Leon's view on this because he's, he's seen more of Huddersfield than I have this season. But I, th- I think there's similar problems to what we're talking about with Rotherham United. But in, in, in all fairness, I feel, there's a, I feel there is a bit more quality in that Huddersfield squad. And I, and I feel that the problem is that they're just on too tight a leash. Um, they feel too passive to me in the same way that Rotherham do. Hard to beat. You know, I saw them against Manchester City and, and nobody expected them to win. They lost the game 5-0. But in those situations, when it's when it's back to the wall and they have to defend, and you bear in mind this is a squad with, you know, defenders of the quality of Helic and, and Lees and, you know, Pearson when he's, when he's fit and Makayama when he's back from the Asian Cup. They seem to be comfortable when they don't have to have to force the pace. 
But when they do, I saw them on Saturday, you know, draw 1-1-1 against Plymouth Argyle. That was a team that they needed to beat and really drag into the relegation battle. There just wasn't enough there. It wasn't that they didn't try to attack. They just It just felt like that, that handbrake was on and it, it feels like they're never really sort of being released under, under, under Darren Moore this season. And, you know, I think there might be a few Sheffield Wednesday fans sort of thinking that sounds a bit familiar of his, his time there. Just a, a, a bit too reserved. They, they, were, they were unfortunate on Saturday in the sense that they obviously identified that they needed a, a number nine to sort of give them that, that bit of oomph. They'd gone out and signed one who looks on paper quite a decent one. And then he, he got a, um, a, a minor muscle injury and he was unable to play on Saturday. So that, that clearly made a big difference to them. But that's one player. You know, the rest of the team, I just didn't see that intent to really go at a team, really get the crowd on your side and, I say, try to do something to actively win games, not just not lose them. Uh, and as I say, Leon's seen, seen more of them than I have this season. So uh, I'm interested to know what you think about that, Leon. Yeah, and I, I, I totally, totally agree with you, Stuart. I mean, it just seems, you know, it, this at the minute, I think we're approaching you know, the crucial time in, in Huddersfield season on, on so many levels. You know, they, they, they need, they plainly need, you know, more options in, in, in the final third. They've obviously brought Vlada Lukovic in, unfortunately, with him getting that gut injury. By all accounts, they've, they've been heavily linked with the, with the lad at Watford as well. So, um, hopefully, you know, he may he may come in and, and bring something else as well. But, you know, you look at the games, Plymouth, that's that's one that sort of leapt on the page for, for a few weeks. And to be fair to Huddersfield, they you know, we're wanting to see, you know, the call has been, let's see, you know, Darren Moore, I know we can try and eke out results, but what about the identity and um, mm. the personality of, of, his, of his side? And, you know, to be fair, they, they showed that against Blackburn over Christmas. They showed that against um, Middlesbrough as well, and they were very unlucky to lose that game. And, um, you know, OK, they'd, they'd obviously lost um, lost in the Cup at City and, and, and the game at Leicester, but, you know, you can't really sort of, Gauge Huddersfield, yeah. but the, you know, the games that they can gauge them on are the games against the likes of you know Plymouth and Blackburn. So that's why it was just so disappointing for me to sort of hear the hear the fact that you know everything had sort of gone so so uh, so flat again. And you know with the fixes as well, they've got they've got to go back to Blackburn, and they've they've really their forms really fallen off the cliff. QPR and Sheffield Wednesday, huge games in the context of the season, the context of. Um, of Darren Moore's reign as well, you know, if they don't get a, a win or two there, he's gonna really, he's gonna sort of run out of, out of um, friends in in the stands, and you sort of wonder which, which way till it, it will go. But uh, yeah, at the minute they just seem, you know, they just it's just sort of playing with a little bit too much with the handbrake, isn't it? You know, sort of let it go a little, a little bit over Christmas, and but um, yeah, that just really, uh, you know, really disappointing result, but. Uh, I don't know what Stuart thinks about the uh, the comments of, of Kevin Nagel, and uh, you know he obviously wears his heart on his on his sleeve and is the owner, and he's got a, a, every right to um, you know to to do what he wants. I suppose he pays the bills, but I, I just don't see you know afterwards going on social media in a in a you know fit of peak or whatever, you know announcing to um, announcing to the world not good enough. You know I I. I just, I, I see that as as grandstanding in some respects. I've, I've got to be quite honest, and um, you know it may it may resonate well with the with the supporters. But I, I just think, well, you know, the players 
the players when they see that and one thing you can I'll say about Huddersfield is that okay I mean there's um, they're not the best squad of um, players in, in the championship but the players who you know they, they, they give their all they're good professionals um, you can't accuse them of a lack of effort and, and, and yeah. application and you know, I just sort of look at that if I was a player okay things didn't go the way against uh, against Plymouth and it was you know disappointing a game of the target to win but then you know the players will be on the phones afterwards and then you know somebody alerts them to that or they see it you know they say what you want but they'll have given it you know they've given everything and I, I would have just preferred it if the chairman you know he's obviously has concerns with the form why can't you do that in you know in in private behind closed doors have a meeting you don't have to just go on to social media and and tell everyone you know do it do it in front of the players have a meeting the next week but um yeah i, I just um i didn't particularly like um, um what, what the chairman did there and you know it's not the first time this season i i just don't think it's it's health helpful in the current position that Huddersfield town are in no, I'd, I'd agree with that. But, I mean, in all honesty, I don't think it's going to change. And, and, and he said no, as much. No, no. I, th- I think what was more frustrating, Leon, was, was the fact that, you know, the, I think the previous one, which was, you know, shortly before Neil Warnock left and you don't need to join the dots to... No, it's not no. too difficult to join the dots to work out, uh, you know, the, the relationship between those. That was done from California. This time he was in the stadium. You know, he yeah. could have just bitten his lip for five minutes he could have gone down yeah. to the dressing room he could have said it to the manager's face first I mean even if even if he tweeted it after having it said to the manager the first Aaron Moore knew about it was when we told him in the press conference you know and that, that puts him in, a, in an awkward and an embarrassing position you know and he said on his video diary later that night that he was going to have a conversation with the players about you know not pa- not passing backwards and sideways so much a, I think that's a little bit of a simplistic view of football, but fair enough, that is his view. Um, but but again, these things—it's one thing to say them in public, but it'd be it'd be nice to say them first in person when when you are on the ground, you know. Um, and and I understand his frustrations, and I think most of the supporters share his frustration. So it's not it's not even that I disagree with with what he's saying. It's just how he's doing it and when he's doing it. But as I say, it's not going to change. What I really hope is that the players feel hurt enough by that, that we, we just see a bit more on for that. You know, if, if it takes that to kick them up the backside, and, and I say, it's not that they're not trying hard enough. Leon's absolutely right. It's just that they're not throwing enough punches. You know, they had they had most of the ball against Plymouth. They created some chances, but you, they didn't create enough. There just didn't seem to be enough gung-ho about them. And, you, you know, you can't, be, you can't be reckless, obviously. I don't want them to, you know start playing with seven up front and disregard defending or anything like that but they just they just feel too reserved for me and I say Rotherham do scared as well of losing, but yeah. scared, scared of losing exactly Rotherham do as well but it feels like in Rotherham it's slightly slightly more excusable yeah. because you look at what they're working with Huddersfield with the greatest of respect to Rotherham I think have a bit more to work with I don't think they've got the you know, a, a, a wonderful squad that should be in the top half of the table. But, you know, again, there's, there's players there. There's, you know, there's people like Sorba Thomas and 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 Josh Caroma and obviously Bergsorg's injured at the moment to say Radulovic was missing. But there's enough there to just show a bit more intent. And if they, you know, if they, if they lose a game or two playing that way, 
well, I guess you've just got to suck it up. But, you know, nine draws in 21 matches, again, as I said about Rotherham, that, that's not going to take you anywhere. They are above the dotted line, but they're above a Sheffield Wednesday side who are showing a lot more momentum. And they're sort of setting a pace that Huddersfield have, have to respond to. And I just, I think it's as much psychological as about uh, as it is about personnel. I just I need to show, a, not I say not a reckless, but a, a more positive mindset. And if they did that, I think they would, they could, they could, they could persuade Darren Moore could persuade these fans who have not been sold on him that there is something to get behind there. But right now, it just feels like, as I say, a marriage without a spark. It feels like two parties who've been put together, sort of slightly reluctantly, and the Huddersfield fans haven't seen anything yet in Darren Moore to to get excited about and have belief about. And it, you know, we saw under Neil Warnock what a difference it made to that stadium to have that belief and have that support from the stands. And then it snowballs. Then you get the results and the belief builds and so on and so forth. It just doesn't seem to be there at the moment. It feels it feels too apathetic, too, you know, n- not believing in, 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 in what's in front of them. And they, and they have to change that and they have to do it them, themselves. It's not about signings. It's not about anything other than them as a group say, look, you know, we just need to be more positive about this. I think to be clear, you know, they did show little bits of, if you sort of, if your glass is sort of um, half full, they showed little bits of sign of that, didn't they? Again, certainly, you know, against Blackburn and then and, and then Middlesbrough, you know, it, it was more front foot proactive. And, um, you know, it is, it is within them somewhere, isn't it? You know, but they just, I just look at those, like I say, those games, Blackburn, certainly to a much larger degree, QPR and um, and, and Sheffield Wednesday, you know, it, it could, those six pointers, it could be a case of which team is the more you know, brave and, and proactive. You know, there'll be a lot of psychology, I would have thought, going into those games. And uh, you just hope from a Huddersfield uh, perspective, they can summon something up because they say they're, they're huge games in, in the context of the season. I mean, we all know the maths aren't difficult. You better be win one, lose one, than draw, draw, draw. And I say, you know, nine draws and only three wins in in twenty one games. No, they're, they're, no. they're they're stuck in the mud. While Sheffield Wednesday are just, you know, building momentum behind them, and it it won't be long before they swap uh, places unless Huddersfield can just, uh, you know, get that extra oomph behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that cautious approach is okay, Stuart, isn't it? But you've got to you've got to have more wins up here. Yeah, well, or, or you've got to be doing it from tenth place or whatever. But they, they don't have that. Yeah, they don't. They don't have that 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 margin for error now. They they did have, but once Sheffield Wednesday got their act in order, you know yeah. they, they they need to they need to respond to that. Yeah, and certainly with the option, obviously, hopefully the uh, you know the, the serving striker will be will be seeing him soon. Yeah, the noise as well. There'll be a couple of other signings as well. You know, to be fair, back. You know, late autumn, early winter. You know, what more could only play, really play one way, couldn't he? You know, the Absolutely. Yeah. Injury count was. We're not talking five or six. We were talking, you know, eleven, twelve. You know, sometimes in some cases higher. It was dictated. The way he played was dictated by who he has available. Cleared up a little bit since, so there's less excuses. Um, obviously, brought in, uh, bringing in a couple of new players. Maybe more to come. You know that sort of approach won't um, certainly you know won't wash, will it? Because you've got more more sort of hands on deck. So uh, yeah, big time for Huddersfield. 
And now, finally for this week, we turn over to Stuart for his team of the week before looking to Leon for his player of the week. Now, Stuart, who has caught your eye this week? Um, well, there are a couple of contenders. I think I think um, Middlesbrough coming from behind to beat uh, Millwall on the back of their cup exploits certainly uh, was in my thinking. And, you know, a, another good win for Harrogate Town who were just keeping that momentum going. But I think... Uh, I think this week I go for Leeds United. Um, you know, it was a diff- potentially difficult start to the year with FA Cup third round and uh, and away to Cardiff City, and they've responded with three three nil wins when you, you you took the Birmingham game on New Year's Day. And we've said we've said this a few times already. Though they were one of those teams who were having that wobble, they've kept the nerve, and you know they've they, they've really responded well. So I think uh, I think massive credit to them, massive credit to Patrick Bamford who. Who, who scored again? And yeah, I think they're my team of the week. And well, I think Stuart st- 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 stolen my thunder a little bit there, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of fair enough. Um, yeah, looking at the looking at the players, yeah, well, you mentioned one or two of the of the teams I've been looking at as well, Stuart. Look at um, look at uh, Middlesbrough. Dan Balasso, I think he's in a, a good vein of, of, of form. He was good against um, Villa and Chelsea, and um, by all accounts, he was. You know, it was at the heart of the, of the sort of second half um, revival and win at Millwall. That was a big win for for Borough. To be fair, you know, coming back off you know off the Chelsea game, it, you know, it could have gone flat after that. But that, I thought that was a good win. Dale Fry as well has been in been in sterling form. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mentioned Halif- um, you said Halifax then uh, Harrogate. Um, you know, they're a little unheralded success story at the minute, aren't they? And, you know the players are stepping up there, and Abraham um, Otto he had another another good week and a, and a goal. But yeah, I'm drawn towards Patrick Bamford as as well, Stuart. I think uh, you know we've spoken um, last week how I thought it was really shrewd from from um, uh, Daniel Farkey. I think he got the timing spot on in terms of looking at the game when to bring Bamford in against Birmingham, and um, you know the timing may you know taking Pirel out of the fray. You know, having a look at uh, Bamford and he's, you know, he's reaped a harvest, hasn't he? And uh, obviously, brilliant goal against um, um, Peterborough. He obviously followed up from his goal against Birmingham. But, you know, a bread and, bread and butter game, if you like, against, you know, Cardiff Cardiff away. You know, he um, led the line well and showed his nous and um, his skill by all account, accounts and, and scored a, you know, a, a striker's goal. You know, it was... <laughs> You know, a million miles away from you know the spectacular goal he scored against um, Peterborough, but um, a stocking gate in, in trade goal for a striker. You know, that's three and three and three, and uh, you know what a start for for twenty twenty four for for Bamford. You know, you, you sort of compare it with with the previous year, and so Leeds got relegated. He was, you know, he coming for a, a fair amount of of stick stick from supporters, penalty misses this time the other. You know, the all this talk about his his fitness and injuries, and uh, you know he's dusted himself down, and um, you know he's packing a packing a punch this this year, and he looks uh, looks to be a really important player again for Leeds. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. 
don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.